Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello, this is Talking Tourism. I'm today's host, David Reid. Every week, the Tourism Industry Council of Tasmania is bringing you conversations with the brightest minds in the tourism industry. TICT is the peak body for tourism operators in this beautiful state of Tasmania. Each episode of Talking Tourism will deal with specific tourism-related topics with tips and advice for improving your tourism business and getting ahead in the visitor economy. If you are listening to this outside of Tasmania, welcome, because the content of these podcasts are relevant to you, regardless of where your tourism business is based. And today, I'm speaking with Rob Knight, so welcome. Rob, how are you today? Yep, I'm great, thanks very much. And today, uh, Rob's going to help us with Google and Google AdWords. But before we start that, I just want to give a brief outline of Rob and what he's been doing over many years now, Rob. So... Currently, uh, we've just been talking about your business, the Bruni Island Long Weekend, and you were saying that has changed dramatically since last September. What's been going on? Well, it hasn't, it hasn't. The experience hasn't changed um, one bit, Um, but after five or six years, I've now partnered with the Tasmanian Walking Company, which is great because it's a funny thing to say when you work in a tourism business where you're constantly interacting with other people but it's actually a kind of a lonely thing to do as a sole operator there's no sounding boards you're making all the decisions on your own and it's so nice to have a team of people around supporting me to learn from um, to continue the journey of the Bruni Island long weekend great stuff um before that of course you're well known for um a lot of adventure tourism work not just here but around um, the poles. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really my first job straight out of school was lucking onto a Russian icebreaker out of Hobart heading down south and... Was that that thing that looked like it had about 14... Um, yeah, that's it. The containers locked on top, just yeah. popped on top yeah, and they're someone not welded pretty. them together. To... They're not pretty at all. <laughs> I remember it, yes. Yeah, and they don't cross oceans particularly comfortably <laughs> either. Um, but I wound up doing... <laughs> 33 trips um, to the Antarctic and about six to the Arctic. Um, But that was predominantly the Australian summers. And then in between that, I was chipping away at my uni degree um, and actually did some of my – I just was leaving to Antarctica too early um, before we'd done exams. So they let me sit my exams on the ship in Antarctica, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and there was no – no question of collaboration on a ship near and about your exam results. You couldn't have been accused of any cheating, looking after Absolutely things. Absolutely not. No, I did no. do very well, but it was all above board. Oh, oh. I'm so pleased. <laughs> no one looked at it askance and said, who's he been talking to? No. 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 Um, you've also been involved. Have you been involved professionally in guiding here in Tasmania or have you just done that personally? You've done... You've done a number of uh, uh, walks and rivers and 
Tell us. Oh, a lot of it personally, but also for work. Um, as I said, it's pretty much all I've ever done is work in tourism and, and mainly guiding. So I was at Peppermint Bay Cruise for quite a few years, um, on and off for many years with Tourism Taz with their visiting journalist program, um, Bruni Wildlife Adventure. But my my lifelong goal was always to run my own business and so that's what I ended up doing. Oh, great stuff. Okay, there's a two-liner that you, someone's written for you. Rob learned all he knows about Google Ads because he's a bloody smart bloke. <laughs> he learned by trial and error, by reading and Googling, <laughs> and he did it free online tutorial courses that Google offer. One day he found himself at Google HQ after nailing this. Ah, oh, that's pretty generous, but it's fairly, it's, yeah, it's, more or less accurate. But there was one period before that, before I did try and learn it myself, and that was where I outsourced to an agency, which is pretty common, and had them um, Were you man- in business? Were you in zone. business? Yeah, it was when I first started. Okay. Um, there's a lot to get your head around when you're first in business, um, marketing obviously being one of them, and then Google Ads. But the thing that I quickly discovered by having someone else do it Um, It was an agency from Sydney and Google Ads is such a simplified version of marketing because you basically need to know two things. You need to know your your customer so well because you, you need to be inside their head basically to understand what are they typing into that Google search bar. And then on the other side, you need to know your product. I, I hate using the word product. Your, your experience really well because you need to be able to match the good things about your experience with what they're looking for. And no one's really better placed to do that than yourself as the business owner. And so to outsource to someone in Sydney, it's pretty hard for them to understand the concept of a three-day guided walk on Bruny Island. They've never been there. They don't know what sort of customers you've got and so it's pretty difficult for them to um, get inside their heads. So it was based off not having a great deal of success um, with the agency that I thought, well, I'm going to have to figure out how to do this on my own. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't working. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. So you were paying this money. Yeah. And there was this crowd in Sydney who yep. didn't get it. I mean, they Pretty were much. working hard, taking all your money, but they just didn't get it. Pretty much. So what sort of – do you remember what you were spending? Do you remember what this cost uh, you, this experiment? Um not a great deal. It would have been the most basic of their absolute basic plans, whatever that cost at the time. Right. Um, okay. But as a proportion of what you were then spending on the on the clicks or on the actual marketing component, it was probably a lot. You were probably spending, or I was probably spending half on on the um, on the management and the other half on on the actual on clicks. the actual Google. Okay. So I only needed to be half as good as they were for the same result. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me, let's get right down to the beginning of the world of Google. Yeah. yeah. And you've mentioned two things already. Clicks. Yeah. Payments. Yeah. What does all this mean? Bring it down into very bite-sized chunks for our audience and me, please. So Google ads are basically all the ads that you see on the Google network. Um, I think we should limit our discussion to just search ads. Um, You have display ads and all these other ads. Display ads are the picture ads that pop up all over the place, but um, it's easier if we just talk about the search ads. So basically, when you open up the the Google tab 
and you're searching for something and you type in whatever it may be, um, shiny new car, at the top of the page the ads normally appear. So there might be three or four um, ads with the websites and then below that are what are called the organic listings. So the ones that they haven't been bought, they've got there through search engine optimization and, and so on. So what I'm talking about is basically how you create those ads which are at the top of the Google page. Not the display, not the paid stuff. Not the display. How do you get up the ranking so that when you type shiny new car, it's not the banner ads we're talking about, it's how you as a car salesperson yeah. gets up that organic listing. So uh, not organic. Sorry. So, yeah, the paid the, the paid How you get the listing. paid listing. Sorry. Um, and, and firstly, it, it is worth mentioning that um, it is important to be at, those, at the top of the organic ones, so the ones that you're not that you're not paying for because you're not paying for them. That's a great thing. But they're still, in most cases, sitting below the paid ads. So even if you're at the top of the organic listings, you're probably still halfway down a page. Yes, they carry a fair bit more weight because they're not ads, but people have got to scroll past all those ads before they even get to those. Um, so that's the first thing to say about that. One of the things that I think puts people off from doing these ads, they think the way to, to get to the top of the page is by spending the most. So they think that the biggest um, the biggest operator, the biggest advertiser is going to be at the top and that's not exactly true. It's a, it's a component um, because the way that the system works, it's an auction basically. Um, so to give you, it's really hard to simplify this, but it really is so simple. Let's say you type in that shiny brand new car. That's a um, keyword, as we'll say. A number of operators, including you, have decided, I want my ad to show up for that. So you might make a bid of $1. Now, if everyone else has made the same bid of $1, Google has to rank them somehow. And the way that they do that is with all other things that you can control. So things that you're not spending money on. And these are things like, how well does your ad match that particular search? How well does your web page match that particular search? And also your historical click-through rate. So what percentage of people have, have clicked that? So if you're writing a really great ad, more people are going to click it and it's going to get favoured more and more. So basically if you're doing a really good job of that, you could be at the top of the page even if you're spending less than the person next to you. I hope that made sense. Sort of. Yeah. But I'm an old bloke. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just interested in the bid. Yeah. Um, you describe it as a bid rather than a payment. So yeah. you, you, you're, you're not – please describe that a little better for me. So every single search is basically just a uh, an auction that's thrown up. So every time someone searches something in Google, let's say – let's use my particular example, um, Bruny Island Walk, um, there's – a number of operators, we all want to be front and centre, top of the page, so that we are the first result to appear in front of that person that's looking um, for something that we've got. So we're all competing for that. So that's basically the beginning of, of the process. So you're making a bid um, and then competing against the other people to get to the top of that page. I see. Okay. And you're saying not necessarily spending the extra amount of dollars 
will guarantee you to be the top of that page. Exactly. I mean, you could go and spend $10 and that would more or less guarantee you got to the top of the page. Um, but for all other things being equal, if you all spent the same amount, it would then look for the other factors, which are things that you can control by um, basically being good at, at the ads. And it so. does that, it being Google, does that instantaneously. Yeah, yeah, this is happening billions of times as A we second. are currently speaking. Yeah. And and ranking how relevant your website is yep. to the topic that's being typed in, yep. it's instant. It's instant. And it's, it's also um, it's very much about finding a niche. So um, to, it's easiest to talk about my own example. I probably don't want to be there competing on something like um, – holiday to Tasmania because how many operators are there in Tasmania who are probably all competing on that same thing? So depending on what my experience is, I want to make that as specific as possible. So you call them long tail keywords. As many as as many words as you can get in there to make it more specific is basically going to mean there's less people competing in that particular bid. So it might be holidays to Tasmania with kids any other thing that makes that a little bit more niche that's going to mean there's less and less people competing for that same keyword. Mm. Okay. So coming back to the idea that Google is looking at everything that is relevant to that search. Yeah. Can you afford to have a poor website but an excellent AdWord program? Not really. Um that doesn't work. You've got to have uh, it, everything working in concert. It would be it 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 would be a it would be a let's say it might be ten a ten percent penalty of your overall. Let's say your good website's making up ten percent of that overall ranking factor that's going to put you at the top of the page. Right. Okay. Now, what does SEO mean, and how does all that trigger? So. That's an, a different subject altogether, but that's search engine optimization. So that's um, basically um, making your website as relevant as possible to a particular topic. Um, it's a great thing to do because it, it's ongoing and it's free, um, but there's two problems with that and it's why I think you would need to be using Google Ads as well. One is that it's very hard to make your website good for uh, many topics. So you might want to get customers who are looking for 10 different things. So you might want to be looking for customers that are in the short break market, holidays with kids, guided walks, all these different things. But to be really good at SEO, your best approach is to make it basically really good for one of those things. Where it, So Google Ads is going to give you a much broader um, reach the other thing um, with SEO is that it's it can be fairly slow. So if you're a new operator, as I was at the time, and I've just launched my website, no matter how good it is, it's probably unlikely that it's going to go straight to the top of the Google rankings. It's going to take me time to build links to other websites, get people to visit, all those things that push you up the organic um, listings. And so that's why you want to use it in concert with something like um, Google AdWords, which you can pay for and get you straight to the top of the page. And to be honest, even if you're doing really well at SEO for a competitive 
thing that people are searching for, like tourism in Tasmania. I hate to think what page my website's on for that organically at the yeah. moment. No one's ever going to see it. No. And is Google AdWords a component of, should it be in the armory of everybody's social media strategy? Should it, should it, does it enhance all the others? Is it, is it, can it be, can it be used independently? Is it better to be used as a, as a part of a suite of tools? Um, I believe so. Um, I, I've never done social media advertising that much. It's probably because I'm not as good at it. But I think the difference with Google Ads is that you're getting in front of people who are searching or with intent to purchase. So they're actually there typing into Google Tasmanian guided walk because that's what they want to do. If you're doing social media marketing, you're looking at a cute cat and then, oh, there's a lovely video of Bruny Island, I like that, and then, oh, there's an ice bucket challenge. You're sort of you're, you're getting so in you front of... So you can hop of, and skip all over the place. That's yeah, what you're, you're yeah, sort yeah, of okay. you're getting in front of people's faces yeah. and you're getting noticed by them, but Google Ads, um, they're actually there looking to, to book a holiday in the, in the tourism um, case, which is why it worked best for me. And the other thing I should notice, um, I should mention about Google Ads and how it works in tandem with all the other things you're doing um, at one point, I could have said that Google Ads was um, responsible for generating, say, something like 40% of my business. But if I dug a little deeper, I found this wasn't entirely true. Once I actually got to speak to the people, what I'd found is they'd read a magazine article on a plane and they learned about the Bruny Island long weekend there. They were interested. They then, a couple of months later, they heard a friend talking about it. They were interested. They were then finally online. They were going to go for a guided walk to Tasmania. They, in the back of their head, there was the Bruni Island long weekend, but they probably wouldn't have found me unless my ad popped up. So Google ad was the actual trigger, the thing that pushed them over the edge and finally made them book my trip. But it wasn't entirely responsible for the whole process. So often um, there's often a number of touch points, I suppose, um, before people will finally book the trip. Um, but you can do all the other work. You can get in the magazine articles, but I really think Google Ads is a good thing to then finally be in front of people when they're on their computer looking to book. Yeah, it's rather like a call to action as we used exactly. to say. Yeah. yeah. So, so th this is just reinforcing so many of the stories and so many of the so many of the examples and theories that we're listening to from experts in these podcasts that a number of elements combine to deliver the best result. It's not ever one single thing. Yeah. So the idea that you've just outlined that someone has read a magazine, might yeah. have been an in-flight magazine, um, someone has then been chatting at a dinner party or whatever else, so you've got a whole range of other elements. Then they've decided and that, that we might have a look at this one night. And so they're searching and they're just really doing a whole range of searches and mm. they think, we'll do this walk in Tasmania and bang, you're there in front of their eyes. Absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that's not at all to detract from how important it is, of course, to still be in your, um, get in your magazines and your newspapers and that, and that sort of thing. Um, 
The other th- reason that I really like um, Google Ads is I'm, I'm going to use your own words against you, but you, you said you're old before, so we'll go with that. So for anyone Thanks, that mate. is that yeah, is yeah. older and, yeah. and listening, if uh, you old is over, sort of, you know, I'm, I'm getting on myself. <laughs> um, if you if you compare it to a traditional form of advertising, like taking out an ad in print, so you might run an ad for one month. And then you get the results of that ad and based off that you might tweak something and you might go, let's use a different picture, let's change the headline. And you just change that one thing and then a month later you get the results from that and you think, oh, that went a little better and you sort of keep doing that until you refine what you're doing. But that's so slow. You know, you're waiting for a month or two to get the feedback or maybe even longer than that really. What's happening with Google Ads is you're getting that same process. It's kind of like... um, evolution really you're um, perhaps running two ads for the same for the same keyword like Bruny Island walk for example you're having two show up might show up a hundred times and based off that you go well gee this is getting 70 clicks that's only getting 30 that's because this headlines this and then you go well let's create a different ad and we'll change this and you're continually refining like like an organism um, evolving until you've got this um, um, this much better ad. So it's kind of speeding up the whole approach and it's speeding up how quickly you're learning um, about your customer, about what's what's tickling their fancy, what's yeah. making them click. So I love how quickly you can learn from from doing that process. And the, great, the other good thing about it is there is not a big lump of money up front. No. So, no, so it's, it's not. not like the paid ad that you mentioned where you bung the whole lot in and it costs you 500 bucks or a grand, whatever yeah. it might be. and you might make a mistake. And you might make a mistake or a typo or you've got the wrong phone number or anything could happen and you've got a, a month to wait until you can renew it or rechange or change it. What you're saying here is that you can modify this constantly. Mm. It's an evolving thing. Yeah. And you're tweaking it to make sure that it's on target, on message, on, yeah. on and, and having some results. Yeah, once you've sort of got a... Um, I suppose a statistically relevant um, sample yes. to be able to make that decision, but it might be costing you ten cents every time. You know. Um, how did you end up at Google headquarters? Ah, oh, it's a bit of a long uh, a long story, but more or less, I, I'd been doing this myself for a, a number of years, and then. Google came down here to deliver an event called the Digital Garage, I think it was called, and they wanted someone on their panel with their experts which was who was just a regular local tourism operator. So they must have had a look at all the Google Ads accounts and seen that mine was doing okay. So they invited me to come and talk on the panel, which I did, and then they let me know about this uh this nationwide competition for regional online heroes. So people from regional areas and as the entire of Tassie is classified as regional, I was able to enter. Um, and the fun part was that I got flown up to Sydney for three days as a finalist and spent a couple of days at the uh, Google headquarters, which was really quite a, an interesting place to be. I, I couldn't see myself working there, but it was certainly <laughs> it was certainly different for a bloke that was coming from Bruny Island at the time. So so how long were you there? Uh, I was only I was there for three days. So it was they were they called it a masterclass. But, um, and, and did you actually 
sit and work with and, and rub shoulders with some experts? And, yeah, and yeah. So did we, you learn lots from osmosis with all this amazing vibe going on in the Google sphere? Yeah, well, I could have <laughs> um, I could have ridden a scooter around the hallways and all that sort of thing. Uh, it was very much as you'd imagine it, it might be. But no, we had the head of the. Um, Google's marketing in Australia, chat to us and and all these sort of things. Then we got to break out with some of their experts and go over things you had questions on. Um, it was a great experience, but also just to meet uh, like-minded people who were operating in remote regions, um, such as myself at the time on, on Bruni Island and how they were using these online tools to reach their audience. Because my experience in particular it's a little bit different to, say, running a day tour out of Hobart where you can do more traditional things. You can have pamphlets and you can put them out in all the hotels and you can put posters up and the more traditional forms. But for me, people aren't really making that decision where they're in Hobart. I've really got to be reaching them either when they're on the mainland or internationally. Um, and so that's why an online form. So they have to make really a decision well a long time before they arrive. Exactly. Is that what you're yeah, they do. Sorry, yeah. They do. And also in in a geographically different location. Yeah. There's not um, it's not as good for me to be having pamphlets all around town and in the hotels because by the time they're in Hobart and it's just too late. And so that presented some some challenges and that's why I found Google Ads um, so effective because I can be running ads in England. Um, I can't be taking out a print ad in a newspaper in England or, a, or a, you know, in a magazine in England. I just wouldn't have the budget. But I can specifically target someone who's sitting in London typing into their computer that they want to come and visit Tasmania. How can you do that? Tell me, tell me how on earth can you do that? Well, George Orwell wouldn't be stoked with it, but you can find out all sorts of things, you know, you can you can target people most simply from where they're located. So you, if they're sitting in England or they're sitting in Melbourne, you can design your ads just to run there. Most of my ads never really ran in Tasmania. Um, you mean Google select, you select with Google as yeah, to where you they're select, going? Yeah, so it's one of the ways that you craft your ads is is um, where they're, they're located. So, Right. Okay, so we, we want to I, I want to know how to put an advertisement in front of a fly fisherman yeah. who is sitting in a bar having a very decent glass of whatever whiskey or something yeah. in the Strand in London. Come on, tell me how do I do this? Well, you'd probably you'd probably try and um, get him in a few ways. So you'd probably get him on social media and on Google Ads. So Google Ads is probably better at targeting what he's particularly searching for at the time, whereas social media is more going to target him as a person. So on social media, you'll be able to target his location, his age, um, gender, um, interests. He's probably liked a few pages related to fly fishing. So all these things are going to give you a bit of a profile of something that you'll... Um, of the person that you're after. So maybe you'd run your ad on social media and that's, that's going to pick his interest in coming to Tasmania. He then goes on the Google and he types in and bang, there you are. He's typed in something relevant to you, fly fishing in Tasmania. And you've got him hooked, line and sink. Exactly. Yeah, it couldn't resist. Isn't that true? And, that, and, and there it is and your ad, your ad pops up. So you've used, you've used social media, I guess, to um, pick his interest 
um, and to specifically target him. But then once he's actually decided, gee, maybe I do want to do this and he's in there on, on Google looking to book, um, you're going to be there front and centre. Because if, if you're a new fly fishing business, you're not going to be on the front page. And I think um, we've just mentioned earlier about, I think we've used it already before, Rob, that this is this final call to action. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. It's the decision-making time. Yeah. And here we go. Yeah. So we've, we've got it in front of him and that presumably takes the customer straight to a booking yep. site. Yeah. Saying, you click now, you book now, and this is the deal. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you're always remembering that, yeah, your ad's showing up, but there's probably two or three other ads as well. So you need your ad to stand out from the other ones. So what is it, you know, you're you're putting yourself in that person's shoes as a fly fisherman yourself. What is it that's really going to appeal to him over the other ones that's going to make him click your link over the other two? And that's really the... The um the key to it, or I would I would imagine honestly he would look at if you're going to let's take this because all of what we're talking about is pretty high value tourism anyway your your product fly fishing product people are coming specifically to do some of these activities so they're pretty high value they don't normally make a decision oh bang one yeah. they'll probably look at a whole range of options won't they yeah but what you've been successful in doing is putting you up there amongst the options. Yeah, and I mean, there, there's. The, you're right. It probably will take them a bit of time in that decision making process. So, if we carry on from using the same example, you've used your social media to 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 reach him. He's then gone and had a bit of a Google. He's gone to your website. While he's there, he's picked up a tracker, and and then you've got your display ads yeah. following him around. And you don't want to overdo that. Um, you know, you might have it set up so he's only going to see your ad three times over the course of the next week and then it'll stop. But after he's been to your website, you can then retarget him and uh, and remind him that you're there. So once he's been to your is website. This, is this tracker business expensive? No, it's it's completely free. It's all just part of your analytics which you can put on any website. So once someone's someone's been there um, and, and it's the same thing if they then go back to social media um, your ads can appear on social media to them as well. And um, just picking up on something that you mentioned with it being high-value tourism, that's an important thing as well to think about with your ads because a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking, oh, I just want to get as many people to click on on my ad as possible. And it's not true. You you want as few people to click as possible but you just want the people that are Convert. going to book because yeah. otherwise they're, they're a waste of a click. So you might even think of... Um, what's called qualifying them, so weeding them out in the ad. And so if, if you are offering a high-value thing, you're probably not going to want to bid on a keywords like, you know, cheap Hobart tours or whatever. Um, but you might also want to put the price. Um, sure. You know, you might want to put a word like luxury or something like that that they're going to go, there's no point them clicking, going to your website, spending 10 seconds there going, oh, God, that's far too much for me and leaving. Um, they've just cost you a dollar. Um, you'd rather them make that decision before they click on your yeah. on your link. Mm. Mm. So um, I, I'm learning an awful lot today. Um, and, Rob, I'm, I'm noticing that um, I'm picking up great vibes that Google ads work really well in tandem with other 
forms of um, mm. of advertising online. Mm-hmm. So we're using a mixture of of social media and especially things like Facebook ads, which you can yeah. which we can promote and post and, yeah. and and get extra boosts. So that costs some money, but mm. we need some experts to do that. Mm. And that's that's one a, a, an integral part of the program mm. of of getting a client to a stage where they're ready to pop. Yep. And once they get onto Google, then this strategy that you have brings you straight in front of their eyes and that's where they Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It if you're not on Google, you're kind of invisible really, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, um, you are. Yeah, so like like it or like it or hate it, it's something that I came to terms with pretty early in what I was doing. And I should say, I, I have no background in um, in computers. I'm not particularly interested in it. Um, my friends would never describe me as someone who, who'd, who'd be good at computers. You know, I'm an you out- wouldn't be described as a nerd. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I probably would based on this. But, you know, I'm an outdoor outdoorsy guy that wanted his um, outdoory business to do well and this was just a necessary part of doing it. And it was just one of those things that I couldn't outsource. You know, there are things that you do need to learn to let go of in your business as it grows and this at the time um, wasn't one of them. And and I think um, it relates to a number of other – a lot of these podcasts are becoming interrelated about why people are Mm. successful. And you are so right about how you can outsource some things and Mm. and – you realise that the Sydney people didn't have the passion, mm. the love, the personal experience. Mm. They were discussing things that they had no real conscious knowledge of. Mm. Is that is that pretty much was on my understanding? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, have you ever worked on what you thought was a reasonable budget? Have you ever been able to say to myself, "Listen, if I want ten thousand dollars worth of business, I really need to invest," you know? Five hundred thousand. I mean, is it a hundred? Is it? Have you have you ever thought about that sort of ratio or I, ideas? I have, and it's a really simple one oh, because good. people always want to know how much they should spend, yes. and they want a dollar figure, and it absolutely doesn't matter at all what that dollar figure is. The only thing that matters is that the amount that you're spending on your adwords or any of your advertising, really, the amount that 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 you're spending on it is less than the revenue. Uh, the profit that you're getting from it, not the revenue. That that would be a big mistake. Does that make sense? Yeah. So whether you're spending $10 or $10,000, you just need to be get, making sure that you're getting the return on that. Mm. Yeah, uh, in, indeed. And it needs to be weighed against, I presume, ultimately, um, economics is the study of different ideas and options. So it's about what else would you be doing? Mm-hmm. And can you possibly raise that level of revenue without doing it? And that would be another discussion. Yeah, and it's something that you can you can scale really well. It's something that you could you could try out a new idea. Um, so, say in Google Ads, you you're sort of breaking up um, things into groups. So you might be targeting walkers over here. You might be target, targeting short breakers here. Maybe you want to do honeymooners here. So anytime you have a new idea, it's not like you have to go, oof, I've only got 500 bucks in my budget for next month. Um, I can only afford this. You can throw $10 at it. You can throw $20 at it. And all you need to see is, it, is, is there an interest there? Is it, is it, 
is it leading to people coming to my website and spending a meaningful amount of time there or, or booking? And based off that, you can decide to channel some more money into that. So it's not like you have to make these big upfront um, commitments or decisions before you know whether they're effective or not. Um, and that, that, that's what we were talking about, the difference between the traditional model and this, these models, mm. that you can alter, change, play, you can... You can trial, you can test, yeah. you can market test a product yep. really quickly. You can. And then pull it out saying that didn't work at all. No one wanted a four-day event. Yeah. If I brought it to three, look what happened. All yep. of a sudden I got tick, 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 tick. So, yep. yeah, yeah Cause, fascinating. Cause I think people have always, have always had that funny quote of I know half my advertising yeah. is working, I just don't know which, which half. And it's, it's no longer really true. The feedback that you can get in the online world is just amazing. You can, you can see who's coming to your website, where are they from, how long are they spending on each page, um, all, all those kind of things that are giving you a tremendous amount of knowledge to make um, further decisions off. I mean, imagine if you could do that with a magazine. You know, you put an ad in the magazine and you could actually know out of the thousand people that picked that up, how, what proportion of people are spending more than 10 seconds on that page? Which particular part of the page interested them? You know, it would be amazing. Wouldn't people yeah, yeah. people 50 years ago would have thought, yeah, oh, would. <laughs> imagine if we could have these tools, and we do, and you don't need to be a big agency in Sydney to have these. Um, ev- everyone has them at their fingertips now and they are relatively easy to learn. I mean, there's so many other little bits and bobs that I haven't mentioned today but it's more or less a, a, a three-line ad that you're writing for to match something that people are typing into Google. That's, that's basically it. And if you start small with a small budget, um, do your reading. You, you can learn it yourself or get some help with it, um, but just get help from someone preferably that you know and trust, um, someone that's local that knows your market. Um, and then I guess like all things in your business, you, you can't just hand it over and off they go. You, you need to keep an eye on it. And I would still suggest even if you are handing it over, still to have just a basic understanding um, of, of what it is achieving for your business. Rob, that's been inspiring for me because I, I know that – I've realised that I know very little about what my website's doing, and I, I haven't. Um, I haven't been as scrutinising as I should have been. What other key tips have you got? Oh, um, we don't have all day, but we've got you know, a few <laughs> minutes for. A- um, I guess that really just my last. Um, the last thing that I said were, the were more line, or less the, the, the three line ad. Uh, well, just that um, not to well. The first one is that it you can't really afford not to be there. It, it's it's a space that you really need to be in these days. Um, the second is not to be scared of it. It all sounds. I feel I've I've definitely spoken more than I I hope to today, and and maybe made it sound a bit more overcomplicated than it is. But it is, it's an easy thing to learn, and I'm proof of it because I just I don't have that background, and you can start small. Um, if you don't have the time to do that, certainly get some help. Um, but yeah, make sure you trust them and um, have have a basic understanding of of what it's resulting um, in your business. No, Rob, I, I don't think you've uh, 
I don't think you've befuddled us at all. Okay. I think it's been uh, – I don't think you've overdone it at all. I, I, I really believe that you've been succinct and I think you've opened our eyes and I think uh, – ears, sorry, it's a podcast. <laughs> I think you've opened our ears to, um, to how this works. I think you've broken it down into bite-sized chunks that all of us can understand mm. and we're very grateful. And we want to say thank you very much for being our guest today, Rob. Thanks it's for coming. My pleasure. In it's really nice to talk to you. Thank you. If you uh, if you've enjoyed today's show, please tell your tourism colleagues to take a listen as well. And thanks for listening. And we're going to see you next week with our ne- next episode. But again, I just wanted to say thank you indeed, Rob, for coming in today and talking to us about Google AdWords. Cheers. Time flies when you're talking about Google Ads. <laughs> You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism. Talking Tourism.